Hi, hi everyone. Today I'm here with Angelique Moselle Robbins, and she's a spiritual teacher and public speaker. And I'm very happy to have you here today. Thank you, Sana. I'm happy to be here too. Okay. As, so, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. It's a beautiful day in Forks. Okay, it's amazing. So, what I also read today was your um, blog post. It was about a spiritual awakening. And I think you wrote it on Savannah East because you now also write blog posts for them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So could you tell a little bit more about that post you wrote? Well, that post was, it was a mixture of me writing it and Gashikta writing it. So the first part of the, uh, the first part of the blog is me basically explaining what I consider awakening to be regarding my experience of awakening. So it's the more personalized version. And then the second part of it is Gashikta, who are the angels that speak through me, uh, speaking about what awakening is for humanity. Okay, yeah. So when did the process of awakening start for you? It started in a, you know, with the strongest momentum when I was 19. When I was 19, I was a drug addict and I had an overdose. And when I had that overdose, I had a near-death experience and I met this massive tsunami of energy and I called it God and it said back to me, a better name is Gashikta. And there was a lot of conversation that happened um, but it's hard to explain because it was all telepathic. Mm-hmm. And, but I saw my own funeral. Um, I saw you know, all the people that cared about me that I thought hated me. I saw um, how much I actually appreciated my life, which I had been basically asleep to the fact that I even appreciated my own life. And I really had a, a change of heart, a change of mindset and had made a decision in that experience that if I survived it, I would dedicate my life to spiritual work, to awakening myself and helping to awaken others. So that's how it, that's how it started. So I survived that, of course, and over the next... 13 years, I was actually led to a woman who channeled the angel Michael. She was also a psychologist who had a doctorate for creating her own therapy called cord therapy. She's a really brilliant woman and a very mystical woman. Studying with her, studying with Michael, really taught me how to feel the intricacies of dynamics, how to be able to tell when people are lying and how to help people understand when they're lying to themselves and they don't understand that they're lying to themselves. They don't know that they're lying to themselves, which is definitely a component of, you know, the awakening process is us waking up to our own lies, essentially. So through that study with her, I became extremely adept at feeling energy, which made me very talented at helping others get to root causes of extreme dysfunctions in their lives. So 
when I was 34, I became very ill with pneumonia and I almost died again and also went through a horrific divorce. And the way I look at it is that whole experience, it was like through the 13 years from the time that I had the near-death experience to the time that I started going through that divorce, I was in that training. So I was really developing this other part of myself that had been kind of dormant. And it was like in that second near-death experience and then going through the divorce, it was like I shed all of the skin that I used to be and really emerged a completely different person. And I feel like a completely different person today. I had a complete reality crash. It was like I died and woke up someone else. So that was the second part of my awakening. That's also when Gashikta, who I'd also still been interacting with, studying with, as I was studying with Michael, started to move into my body and speak through me. So then that's when I started actually teaching and doing speaking engagements. Okay. Yeah, because I can, in a lot of ways, I can really relate to your story. Because when, in a completely different way, but when I was 18 years old, I uh, had a heart attack, what led to a near-death experience for me, what, which also caused me to awaken to energy and like more reality, seeing reality in a completely different way. And I also became, I think that's also a side effect of awakening is I became so much more sensitive. So... Like you said, you it's like you feel when someone is lying, for example. It's like, it's not like, oh, because uh, it's what we sometimes think when someone is lying, we look at their body language or their face, but you can actually feel it. So yeah. when someone is a very good liar, <laughs> they don't have any, barely any facial expressions of lying. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. And of course for you it's been a way longer journey because i'm still very young um, and i understand that it can be very difficult and what i've learned is that a lot of times like our most like horrifying experiences of the hardest experience are the things that awaken us most and but uh for people who are listening um could you go a little bit more into what Geshikta is and what your relationship is uh, with the angelic realm? Yeah, so Geshikta, like I said, is who I met when I was going through that death experience. And it's very interesting to try to explain my relationship with them because, number one, I can't see them. I can feel them, but I can't see them. Um, I can, it's like I get uh, constant information from them. So I can literally feel the information coming into my field, into my body. I can feel my body even working with the information. I can feel my mind working with the information. And until it kind of feels like it coalesces into something, which is an idea or a, a concept that Kashikta is wanting to express to the world. And so 
that comes out in, in the teachings. My personal relationship with Kashikta is that I, they're my best friends. They're my best friends. Um, I have learned that, you know, whoever they are, they say they're angels. You know, I don't really know what that means, but I can tell you that I've never felt such benevolent beings. I feel how much they care for me, how much they care for humanity. I feel that their efforts are infinite in helping us to wake up to the reality we're experiencing so that we can create something more intentional, more harmonious. I feel their ancientness. You know, they feel so old and wise. Um, I still am learning to trust Kashikta, which is kind of embarrassing even to say because truly they've done so much for me and others. I've, I've watched what their teachings and their attention with others has done. It, it transforms people's lives. You know, so I'm a little embarrassed to say that I'm still learning to trust them, but I am. But it's really just awakened me to another component of our existence, which is that we're not alone. And not only are we not alone, but we've got beings that have more kindness and sense of sacrifice than we can imagine, always waiting for us to be willing to accept their help. Same in a nutshell, that's my relationship. Mm -hmm. so. oh, but I can completely understand that because to trust something, and especially, I think that's our humanness, if we cannot see something, like if we cannot see something that's physically there, that we can prove it. I think that's a human thing that's so difficult to trust it. I think that's why a lot of people, and I can myself as well, a lot of times can be so difficult to, for example, trust your intuition and to completely follow up with it because we're not 100% sure, but that's where trust comes in, to completely trust it. Yeah. And what would you say were the most difficult parts of your awakening? <laughs> well, it's almost like what wasn't difficult, you know. I think that that people have this idea that awakening is this really wonderful thing, you know. And in one way, it is a wonderful thing. In another way, it's an absolute nightmare. Because when you really start to wake up to what we're living in here, it's insane it's we live in an upside down world and anyone who has truly started to awaken totally gets that concept so the hardest parts of awakening for me have been just really realizing the absolute bullshit that i have bought throughout my life the lies that i have believed the about myself about others about the world itself and having to come to terms with the truth and then try to find a way to not be in a state of constant anxiety 
about the truth. On top of that, because most of the world is still asleep, when you start waking up, everyone who's not waking up with you thinks you've lost your ever-loving mind. And so it's like you, you realize you're the sane one in an insane world, but the large consensus, the, the general consensus of the people is the opposite of that. You're the crazy one in a sane world. And it's going to be further from what's actually happening. So on top of the trauma of waking up to a reality that's extremely frightening, you're also feeling attacked because no one can see the way that you can see. And you can see that not only are you seeing things how they actually are, you're seeing those who can't see. And so it feels like a constant state of danger. And I'm still working with that. It's the, the world still feels quite dangerous to me in this regard. Because as long as people are asleep and they can't see, they are dangerous. Which is why it's my mission in life to help people wake up to what's, what this all actually is. So that it can all be more intentional. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, because that's why I feel like so many who go through this process struggle with anxiety. For me especially, um, because I also kind of, I woke up one day and I felt like almost tenfold. So you feel immediately all the energies around you and all those things. So when I walk into a room and someone has really negative energy, I can immediately feel it. So it's like this response that that's still our humanness, that fight or flight response comes up like, oh, this is dangerous. And I already struggled with anxiety far before that as well so but then i would just also just cover it up with addictions to kind of numb that high sensitivity that i've always had oh yeah me too yeah so i think that's why a lot of sensitive people are very likely to go into addiction because we are learned to stuff our emotions away and then we cannot do that anymore because too much comes up and then we just numb it out. And I never went into like extreme hard drugs or anything, but for me it was mainly like smoking weed a lot because it was my way of coping with my own anxiety. And I'm not saying that particularly a substance is bad, but it's also your relationship you have with it. Yeah. And also the behavior that comes from it. Because then that's what addiction is. It's like self-destructive behavior. And I feel like the difficult thing, which you said as well, is that everyone outside of you doesn't understand you. And that can be very difficult to that feeling. So, so how do you kind of deal with that or have dealt with that in the past? The, the feeling of people don't understand me or people think I am the insane one. Well, I haven't always dealt with it very well, you know, when I too have always been quite sensitive. And when I was younger, you know, when I was in my teenage years, I heard voices, a lot of voices, weird type of things, you know, like one time I heard a voice 
was just talking to me and said, you know, you should really go cut your wrists. There are some razor blades in the drawer in the kitchen. And it was like I would go into this trance with these voices. And, and, and that night in specific, I just did what the voice told me to do. And then I ended up in a psychiatric ward, you know, for attempted suicide because I slipped my wrists. And so I, I had this type of thing going on where I could hear all these different types of voices. And, and this was even before my near-death experience in, you know, when I was 19. And so back then, uh, of course, my family thought I was pretty nuts and didn't know what to do with that other than, you know, try to get me help from psychiatrists and that sort of thing, which didn't help, you know. So I was put on lots of drugs and um, not really taught any skills about how to deal with those type of sensitivities because you know in the medical field that's more considered like serious issue like schizophrenia and it's not that perhaps oh perhaps she's sensitive perhaps she's you know tapping into different realities and different frequencies perhaps she's tapping into some that are trying to communicate whatever etc you know that's not even a part of of mainstream mental health medicine to think that way therefore if if it actually is something like that there's no one in that area to teach you how to handle those types of quote gifts or those types of curses <laughs> and so at the beginning um yeah i totally that's how i became a drug addict was was through the sensitivity that i experienced all the time it was so it was torture. And after I met uh, the woman that trained me for 13 years, she, the moment I met her and started talking with her, I knew that she could help me with what I was actually experiencing. And she did. So she taught me how to go deeply into emotions. We have somebody mowing the yard. Is it really loud? I can still hear you. It's okay. fine. You can continue. So she taught me how to go deep into my emotions, how to sit in my emotions with presence, and how to find the root emotional cause of, of anything that I wanted to have healing with. So through, through her guidance, I really learned how to dive into myself and do deep and extreme emotional alchemy, which really heals anything. She also taught me how to rein in my awareness to a degree that I could tell what types of things I was hearing um, I could feel what, I could feel their, their texture, their frequencies. So I started becoming stronger in my ability to discern what to pay attention to and what to not pay attention to. So it's kind of like being able to pick up every single radio station and with your mind 
and going, no, I'm going to learn how to find the station I want. So the training was kind of like that. As far as the anxiety that I still experience in this regard, I, I predominantly still use the approach of sitting with the emotion itself. So I spend a lot of time being fried in my own emotional states, especially uh, anxiety, because anxiety is what kind of sits at the surface, and you have to sit in the anxiety for a while before you'll sink down into the deeper emotions that are beneath it that have been shoved down, as you probably know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I still spend a lot of time with those methods because I, I still have uh, emotional suffering, I guess I would say. Yeah. And that's literally the way I deal with it to this day. I just, I practice presence with it and I continually practice presence with it. And I have a more, calm approach at this point. I understand what's happening. I understand that I have sensitivities that cause me to feel overwhelmed and overloaded and that I need to find a way to come into a quiet place within myself and sink deep into these emotions that I'm having that are feeling kind of neglected. Because as soon as I go into the emotions that are having that neglected type feeling, the anxiety starts to fade, you know? Yes, yeah, because I also found out that that is the best way to work with anxiety, to kind of go into where it's actually coming from. And yeah, the only way that for me really works is also, I think for in the beginning, one of, and still can be one of the difficult ways to just sit with it. And to be completely present with it and not distract yourself from it, not avoid it, but really to take that time out and to sit with it, to dive deeper into it. And that's also what got me into more into emotional work because I realized how well it worked. Because when you start doing that, you will immediately or you will start to notice differences in your state of being and in, in your external circumstances, things can change as well. But what can sometimes be a little bit difficult is that you continue to find new things. So that's, you, yeah. I had it as well, that, oh, I'm completely over anxiety. It, it's, it isn't bothering me anymore. And then you're going again into this unknown area where you do all these things you find really scary. So for me, also making videos, I like it in one way, but also I find it very scary. So before I can still feel a little bit anxious about doing it, but I've learned to just be really present with yourself. So to allow yourself to feel the anxiety and to then do it and not like stuff it away. I'm mean, like, I'm going to do it anyway, but to really, yeah, to, to, to kind of treat your anxiety like you would with, like a child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That works. I, I, best for I me. totally agree with that. And I, I do too. I feel like part, it, I feel like anxiety is part of the awakening path. And if we can just accept that, then we're going to be o more okay with it because the awakening path means that you're consistently moving into areas that make you nervous. 
You're consistently moving into areas that challenge you because obviously if you're on the path of awakening, then you're on the path of growth. And if you're on the path of growth, that literally means that you are enter entering into areas that you know nothing about. You are walking on faith. Faith makes all of us nervous. Those of us who are actually walking in faith are nervous all the time, I think. And if we can just accept that that's part of this path, it's, it helps. Yeah, I think accepting it, because it's so important, because then you will not, that's what the big difference is with me before and me now. I don't feel powerless to my anxiety anymore, because I've sat with it so many times, and I can really feel into it very easily right now. So I can a lot of times just immediately feel or see where it's coming from. And then you, then it's easier to accept because you think, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. There's nothing wrong. Life isn't going to end. It's not going to all crash down. This is the reason. And uh, and also to realize a lot of things you're doing is scary, you know. Yeah. And it's okay to be scared and to fear doing new things. We all go through that. That's that's normal when you go into something completely new and yeah yeah absolutely and at the more we walk in that type of faith the more we start to develop a sense of trust for what we're doing and the more we walk into the new experiences the less anxiety occurs because we're developing a true trust that's what i've noticed is happening with me i'm more able to walk into newness with less anxiety. And it's truly just because I've cultivated the ability to do that. So it's that saying practice makes perfect kind of thing. The more you do something, the more used to it you get. And the more you practice walking in faith and you get good results from it, the more you have trust about doing it in the future. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning, it's the hardest because then you don't have to prove, oh, you know, those that and that time, it turned out to be all right. And I feel like when you go a little bit further now, I remind myself, yeah, but you also thought it that moment and eventually everything turned out to be fine. Yeah. So what Do would you, you to close this door? So is that really loud? Can you hear that? I can still hear you quite well. Okay. So, like, kind of, what advice would you give to someone who's still at the beginning of it? So you don't have that, or maybe to yourself back then when you were younger. So you don't have that external proof from certain yeah experiences before when you trusted fate as much. So when you're really new to the awakening, what advice would you give yourself or someone in a position? Number one, I would say just hold on. It's going to get better. And trust that what you see as being important in life is important. And trust more in what you think is important than what other people say is important. That's one of the main things I would want to say to myself because one of my biggest struggles was how it felt like everyone in my life was against my sense of importance you know 
Like I felt dismissed all the time and not taken seriously. And so I would, I would really tell myself, your idea of what's important is gonna change the world. So stick to it. And just really engage yourself with your own bravery because you're here to make a difference in this world. And most people don't have this component to them that's going to drive them to be bold enough to make this type of change. So you have to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in yourself in order to make your life work for you. You have a unique life and as soon as you can accept that your life is unique for a purpose and that purpose is to awaken humanity, the better you're gonna feel about all of it. And the, the more you can accept that your perception of life is different than other people's perception of life, the better you're gonna feel. So move forward, trust what you feel is important, be diligent with what you feel is important, keep your eye on the ball, so to speak, and do your best to tune others' opinions out. And I'm here for you. And there's more here for you than you think. So hang on. That's what I'd say to myself. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Because I also resonate with that message as well. Because I can care a lot of times what other people think too much or to let it influence what I do. And it's accepting that you think differently, accepting that you see things differently and trusting that and believing in yourself and yeah, to work on that every single day and then you'll get there. Yeah. Angel, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. Um, if you're more interested about the amazing work Angel does, she also gives amazing workshops as well. Uh, so also put a link of her YouTube channel down below uh, and you can also I think you now do them once a week or um, do them every Sunday okay yeah perfect because I know just all our links down below so that you, you can also join our free online workshops so that are really worth it I think and again I want to thank you so much for being here today and you have a wonderful story and amazing message and I feel like yeah, it will, can really help people who are listening right now. So thank you. Bye -bye. <laughs>